Enjoying refreshing time. Enjoy refreshing what? This episode's quite a banger. This episode, episode fucking rips. Um, it's like, I think, the platonic ideal of the show so far. And I have a lot of fun opinions about it that relate to uh, relate to the body of body of work that we've um, discussed a lot in our lives. Um, Hoping it's the right opinions. I, I hope so, too. Uh, I always try to try to have the right opinions. Um, you know, we live in a society. And, we do. Uh, um, I think we should just get right into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody. It's Master Shake Theater, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force podcast. If you're just joining us, we're a few pals from way back. Um, all grew up together kind of watching these shows and uh, figured it'd be a fun project to spend the rest of our lives talking about them on a podcast. We, uh, we started with C-Lab last year for pretty obvious reasons. And if you want to fuck with those episodes, check them out. There's going to be a link in the description to our Patreon where you can pay a paltry, paltry sum and get them. Um, Say poultry? Yeah, poultry. You know, it's it's chicken, hairy chicken sum of money, right? Um, you have three chickens on the ground in the kitchen. Yeah, so you got, you got to pay for those hairy chickens. Um, today we're talking about <laughs> season one, episode eight, Revenge of the Moon and uh, It aired uh, May 5th, 2002. <clears throat> the Moonanites in this episode return to seek revenge on quote unquote the hunger force, one word, which I think is a really funny, funny way to put it. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, which is a very, as we alluded to a second ago, a very good episode, I, I want to kick it over to, to Culture Corner. Um, oh, yeah. But before we do that, I want to just, uh, you know, do the, do the formality of introducing ourselves. I'm, I'm Jim. I'm James. Hey, um, Orange Julius. Got Orange Julius here this time. Um, the brother of of professional wrestler Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah, OJ. That's that's a name. Who's innocent? A quick, a quick, a quick sidebar. I I believe that once about a decade ago, I bought it. I found a shirt, a shirt at a thrift store that had a picture. It was an orange shirt with a picture of a white Bronco. And it said, uh, drink apple juice because OJ will kill you. Um, (laughs) But I never, I, I, I never wore it. And I'm trying to like, I don't even think I ever really saw it again. Like, I think it just went from like storage to storage to eventually me donating it. Um, And I'm trying to, figure out if i ever actually owned that shirt or if that shirt ever existed or if it was just some sort of weird schizo effective uh, glitch in the matrix thing I, I don't i don't know um and but anyway uh over to culture corner with with uh, oj yeah so this this episode over here uh so, so we didn't do a culture corner last episode because it uh, aired the week after the previous episode but 
now we're into May, uh, specifically, I think May 5th, 2002. All right. Number one song. I don't even remember this song, but uh, Don't Let Me Get Me by Pink. Does anybody remember that shit? I do yeah. remember that. I do remember that fucking song, man. I actually remember it a lot. I think it's probably um, maybe up until, you know, some of the more iconic bangers that Pink has had over the last decade and a half. I would say that was sort of the the song that my mind went to when uh, when Pink. It's sort of like the song where Pink kind of established her brand, right? Like yeah. that iconic line about like tired of being compared to damn to damn Britney Spears. Um, <laughs> she's so pretty that just ain't me. Uh, oh my god, damn Britney Spears! Yeah, it's a really stilted line delivery, oh and I remember even as a thirteen yeah. year old pup just thinking that is some some lyrical craft. Um, <laughs> Pink, I think Pink's a, a, a thread worth pulling on for a second. Um, Pink has somehow, like, shout out to Pink because she's somehow stayed relevant for 22 years now. Like, she's she consistently has a chart-topping hit every two to three years and has done that. Like, that is a level of longevity that is completely unheard of. Um, I think rivaled only by Madonna at this point. Um, yeah. but the very remarkable thing also about pink is that even way prior to the concept of chuggy existing, pink has always been massively chuggy. Mm-hmm. Like pink has always seemed two steps behind the cultural narrative in a very heavy handed way, which is just what, what chuggy is, right? When chuggy is being late to the party and being very, uh, very all in on how late to the party you are right and like pink just does that so well and does that so timelessly she's this weird cultural specimen and i gotta say i have a lot of admiration for her there's nobody else who does it does it the way she does it i think she did the genius thing as well of well i mean uh i think she has two two like ceremony songs so one is like raise your glass which is like played at every fucking wedding now and also, if you haven't seen the Razor Glass music video, it is so odd and cool. Um, I actually really appreciate it. Um, and then, isn't that? And then the did she do a graduation song as well, or am I getting that wrong? That was Vitamin C that did that graduation. Fucking shit! Why am I so stupid? No, dude, because that like they have the same energy, man. Like they're like uh, they're pick uh, is pick is definitely better Vitamin C for sure. Yeah, I mean I, what. Vitamin C and and Pink were both uh, slightly androgynous, quirky white women. So you don't have uh, any. There's you're not wrong about thinking that they're the same person and getting them mixed up. I got two. I got two thoughts on Pink. I got something to get off my chest about Pink. Uh, cool. I feel like part of what is like a been a really nice constant since uh, 2000 is like I you can set your watch to it. Like every you're saying every like three to five years. You can't set your watch to it because you can't set a watch like that. But you know what I'm saying? It it feels like every three to five years, like Pink has like some sort of absolutely massive hit, like two or three hits. And then she'll just like, she's like a fucking submarine. You don't hear or see anything about her for a few years. And she just like props back up and like crushes another like chart topper song. Like I think back in like 12 or 13, it was like, remember that band Fun? She had like a song with, fun yeah. about like man 
I don't, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember that song. And uh, she, she's the, the other, old drippy of, you know, of uh, she's definitely the old drippy. And the other, the other thought I had about pink uh, is I, I was in an airport, obviously brief before, you know, the before times. And uh, like, it was like, like front of people magazine or something. And uh, I think I talked to, talked to you guys about this before. And like on the front of People magazine, it was like pink, and she was like, "I love my kids" or whatever. And that was like, for me, weirdly, that was like my black flag sticker on a Cadillac moment, where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm like approaching middle age now," because like the you know um, artists that were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna burn everything down" or whatever, like ha- had a certain attitude, right? Have even if it's a chuggy attitude definitely like she has a song called you and your hand tonight and you know 10 years later she's like yeah love my kids like i'm a normal no i'm a normal human and it's like cool like uh my back hurts from uh the weariness of age speaking of age now it's time for the age of the moon and nights long may they reign all right two other culture corner things to to well maybe three Spider-Man, the first installment of the the, yes. the trilogy with our, with our boy Tobey Maguire, uh, was number one movie the week that this aired. Um, also broke the I think like single day opening day record. Uh, really, which had been set in December by Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So that's rad. Huh. Uh, Jacques Chirac won the presidential election wild of the united states yeah <laughs> of, the, the, of the united states yeah uh and then did I, I couldn't believe that this was 2002 the world wrestling federation is renamed to world wrestling entertainment due to yeah, trademark um, issue oh two no oh, yeah oh two was the the kind of big pivot year because not only did they rebrand but john cena became a thing and you know john cena was their company man for for a solid 13 years after this um john chana yeah john chana you got a big mouth john chana uh just one last kind of note on on pink i think that the the dynamic that ji you talk about with pink um that is undeniably important is like the ability to show up make a lot of waves and fuck off like that's the ideal thing for celebrities the reason that celebrities become embattled uh, is be is when celebrities have this sort of addict death drive behavior around um, around stirring up discourse around themselves. Um, and you our- said that, sorry, Jennifer Lawrence was on. Oh my god, I forgot what what talk show it. It's an insufferable talk show by some pencil head liberal or whatever. But yeah, yeah, she said the exact thing. To where uh, no, I mean, come on, like everyone who hosts a late night show. If you're 50% of the country, you think these people are complete fucking psychos, but it's cool. It's fine. We don't exist. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is on like this show and she's talking about that, that exact thing. She was like, yeah, I I realized I I kept wanting to go in more and more movies. And, and I I had to take a step back and realize that people are probably like, she said something like people are probably really sick of me. So I'm just not going to do anything for a few years and see what happens. And I thought that was uh, absolute genius. Sorry, I wonder yeah, if you I'll, saw my uh, my tweet from uh, you know t- 2018 where I said Jennifer Lawrence needs to be in less movies for a few years. 
<laughs> yeah. If you took your advice. Yeah. We really did hit peak Lawrence. I just want to go on the record saying that, um, J.I., that you you are an incredibly good company on the left of people who think that the entire ecosystem of um, left to center media talking heads is completely psychopathic and uncanny valley, like, and, um, you know, lots of other things. Um, you're, you're an extremely good company. That's one of the things that really reaches across the aisle. I just, I, like, you can be funny without, like, there's jokes that go beyond politics and like the guy that used to be a correspondent for the daily show 20 years ago is probably not like the best guy to be hosting like what's supposed to be just like a normal comedy show but hey we politicized everything in this country that we like go around and complain about politicizing everything i mean it's an aqua teen pod we haven't been talked about uh, arguably the best episode of season one i I think let's get the fuck into it um let's go but but thank you thank you let's go um i i think that even from jump like that it's the best actor weird intro yet like (laughs) why not invisible why not um and uh (laughs) i i like that that fry frylock is entering his minimalist arc in this episode or rather revealing himself as a as a minimalist by saying life is not about winning material goods yeah i i wondered uh i wrote here uh, are the moon nights in this episode just like the abyss of like liberalism staring right back at the viewer uh like meatwad has material desires for a 10 speed and as master shake so aptly points out he has no way of actually using it uh, right. The Moon Knights just do whatever they want, right? Uh, and to satisfy their own own desires, no, uh, you know, they don't really care about the consequences. Which, I suppose, uh, is a good call forward to how things would kind of go out in the twenty first century. But what 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 good question anyway. we got here? Um, our yeah. God is a God of vengeance and horror. The the uh, woman thing kills me. Oh my God! I also love that there's like a. Uh, that there's a you know nickel world style sort of you know ticket arcade called harvest time i think that harvest time is in such an uncanny valley of uh names for a place like that it kind of has like has kind of big grizzlebees energy oh yeah, yeah. very, very grizzlebees I, I love that meatwad has no idea how to how the tick how the game works he's like well see the point is this is to get the tickets to come out and i haven't really figured out how to do that <laughs> all my mouth Look, this is a very thick episode there's a lot of fantastic fantastic dialogue uh like the fry man is not excited to see us well that's a mistake uh everyone please bow your heads and pretend to be serious oh and i'll shut up in a sec but the, that wolfen thing is exactly what i was talking about last episode where it's like four or five jokes in a row or whatever it's like you have angered our god and our god is a wolf Hey, that's woofing, man. <laughs> or no, it's isn't uh and then it turns into a wolf. Like, oh man, that's that's woofing. Oh well the wolf will come at you with his razor. Like what the fuck. It's buck uh, buck wild. Buck wild as hell, man. Um I, I think that this is like potentially one of the most most quoted Carl episodes, especially once he gets the belt. Uh, I don't need no instructions on how to rock. 
yeah, like at I, point, I feel at like one point, Carl is just doing rock and roll mad libs, which I really appreciate. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I liked it that we fully, if it becomes fully revealed, what, what nobody had any reasonable doubt about, which is that um, Carl is a rocker. Um, oh. I, <laughs> this whole shit about uh, every time I hear Urgent on the radio, I think of that girl's boobs and covered in vomit. <laughs> just completely completely absurd um <laughs> fucking uh we just got to get right into the fact that this this started being pretty obvious in the first winter nights episode but it's become completely undeniable uh that um the moon nights are just the fucking aqua Teen characters from baffler meal repackaged yeah right like ignignat being shake and her being being Frylock um, from that episode, just un, unfucking deniably, like, um, and it's great like, because that I'm so glad that they did something to like carry those characters forward because they are such amazing, they're such amazing characters. <laughs> hey, Frylock said that you had a magic belt that grants wishes. Yes, cup. Yes, cup. Yes, cup. So fucking good. Also, they knew that that was so fucking good because they paused for like eleven seconds after he says that. (laughs) (laughs) Proving that the the best comedic device is sometimes just a beat, a long beat. Yeah, yeah, a long beat. (laughs) Definitely a long beat. Um, Yeah. Um, I think I have a straight six. Your sexual innuendo is priceless. That has big, uh, big sweet delight. And big, uh, keep chanting that, that, that ad line, Meadwad. No, that's, that's great. Uh, that's, that's, you're definitely spot on with that. I'd love the, uh, to talk Carl. He's like, hey guys, what are you doing in my house? Without my permission. Uh, Ignatus, like, we're here to take your massive pornography collection, sodomize our vast imaginations. I don't know how many times I've used that line. Uh, not the pornography part, but the last part, uh, both in professional and non-professional settings. Uh, the, the, the visual of sodomizing your imagination. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good one. It's it's hot good. one. That's definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> take the magazines, sir. Oh, I'll give you magazines full of hollow points. You're gonna love it when I put them in my gun and put them in your brain. That's a, <laughs> that's a, and I, I meant to know here. It's the second episode in a row where Carl's talking about guns, which I think is like an underappreciated part of New Jersey. Is the Garden State has people like Carl that have guns? Thank you. Yeah, as I mean, someone who's proudly driven through New Jersey at least twenty times, I can surmise that people have firearms on their person yeah i mean jersey is cool like that right like jersey one of the reasons why jersey is such a um i think it's sort of like the the state that gets riffed on in american popular culture more than anything else is because it is as close as anything on the east coast comes to having just a cross section of america right like it's as close as any anything culturally on the East Coast becomes to actually being representative of what America looks like. Um, it's the and, uh, it's definitely the abyss staring back at you, yeah. of America. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like you have you have like the entirety of the political spectrum basically in Jersey, which is not not an easy thing to come by, and that 
that small of a small of a piece of real estate. Yeah. It's a fascinating state. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Um, yeah. Al, get in here. You, you spend a lot of time in Jersey. Can you uh, answer me this question? Sure. Answer me, the, answer me these questions three. Why, when people are from Jersey, they insist on saying, you know, I'm from North Jersey, I'm from South Jersey. It's weird because that state is about the size of like a few counties in Colorado and no one talks like that in Colorado because no one talks in Colorado because there's not enough air. It's, it's weird because, uh, yeah, like I think that they're so different. Like, cause if you're in South Jersey, you're Philadelphia sports teams mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't fuck with New York stuff, but if you're in North oh, Jersey, true. you're all New York sports teams and and or and, and like the devils and stuff um like the brooklyn dodgers brooklyn dodgers yeah yeah and then central jersey i know is like central jersey is pretty much part and parcel of the scranton wilkes-barre allentown area Ugh. like because they've been to wilkes-barre wilkes-barre is great dude wilkes-barre is no, fucking no, like no, no. No, we like, have a podcast about just this, just this topic. I, uh, no, I, I know that, that Scranton Wilkes-Barre is really divisive, and I think that like it must just be like me being somebody who likes who likes the Rust Belt, and like Scranton Wilkes-Barre undeniably just feels like a nice version of the Rust Belt. Like, and so if you don't like the fucking Rust Belt, then yeah, you're not gonna fucking like Scranton Wilkes-Barre Allentown either. But like, it is just the Rust Belt with nicer geography. And a little bit more like bucolic charm. Do you said this of, to head games? I was gonna say a bit of fuck you. <laughs> a bit of New Jersey inside baseball, uh, especially where I lived, is that like there is a question about the ontology of Central Jersey and whether it exists. Um, nice. Because I think people tend to really really divide into the north and the south jersey um but one time i saw a like a construction i must just said a construction truck uh, i was trying to say a front-end loader and it said like central jersey pavement on it and so i was like okay cool central jersey exists let's not do the central jersey erasure anymore yeah um i love that i love that, that for you that being said, I do think that it is like, yeah, it is. It's worth it's worth coupling it in with the the Scranton Scranton Metroplex. Um, the one thing that I will say on Jersey is that I I have spent relatively little time there. I want to spend more time there. The time that I spent there was sort of divided between Newark, uh, which is I haven't actually been in Newark, just the airport, New Brunswick, which is pretty wonderful. Um, but also Rahway, which is hands down the worst place I've ever been in my life. Did you say Did you say Huawei? Rahway. Rahway, yeah. Rahway yeah. does suck. Rahway is literally like a like a fucking it's literally just a place that people go to to fucking stay at when they get uh stranded at Newark Airport, which is the experience that I had last summer. It, it is yeah, it's like extended liminal zone um that's inhabited by people yeah sad yeah new brunswick is great i love new brunswick as well princeton's fun um, are there any uh woods outside of princeton uh like when they go christmas carolyn in the woods 
Yeah, yeah, there are. Uh, just like the the leprechaun woods as well. We just came from Christmas caroling in the woods. <laughs> love that. Woods. Uh, I, uh, I also love the, what is this, a prison camp? I mean, come on. Can no one have fun here? Um, I also made a note. Uh, Ur gets, I think, just about every song wrong uh, when he's wearing the belt. And so Master Shake, who's curiously not very much in this episode, because I think his energy is the closest to the Moonanite energy. That you can have so it doesn't really work that well i think with the moon Knights, at least not in this episode but uh like ur keeps trying to use the the belt on him and uh, they're like lover boy uh lyrics uh ur makes a reference to uh domini arigato which is not a foreigner song uh not at all it sticks and, yeah and uh man i had some other note here about it but yeah he he continuously makes like references to the wrong bands almost every single time including when ignite is like you have double vision and Earth's like uh i uh, touch the skies and he's like those are not the words sir. <laughs> uh yeah a lot, lot of great references in this uh in this episode love it so um we have some I've, I've fielded some speculation from our, our our wonderful guest carl who is a new jersey expert on where uh where this show takes place and, oh. and she she thinks that it's at south seaside park or maybe tom's river mm-hmm. um just given you know for for a number of reasons um between the way they look and the way that people talk and and so on so that's that's a pretty cool thing I think that I think that yeah, Seaside Park sounds right to me. Thank you. Thank um, you. Would also just be uh, would also just be insanely uh, out of pocket to not um, not thank our, our sponsor today, uh, which is uh, fucking Jay. What's our sponsor today? Our sponsor today is uh, Connect Four. Uh, when you have uh, some a bad case of head games. Uh, doesn't matter because you can use some double vision. You can be a jukebox hero and you can connect the four. Thank you. Hell of an ad read. Love that line. Love that go line. Your, go get your connect four today. Um, go ahead. Check it. Yeah, You're connect the four. You're hot-blooded. <laughs> Anything uh, else, fellas? I think uh, – of all the Aqua Teen episodes I've ever watched before we did this pod, which is like four episodes, I think this is by far the one I have watched the most. Um, I think I must have watched this episode a few dozen times back in 2007 uh, with uh, with some uh, at least one of my roommates back in back in school who may very well be a future guest host. Thank you. Fuck Sweet. yeah! Uh, it, it it's a it's a certified banger. Um, Again, like it's peak Moon Knights. Like they they really come into their own as characters. Um, it's easy to easy for me to see why there is there is Moon Knight supremacy among the the fan base of the show, as opposed to you know my apparently heinously wrong opinion that is, which is that that um, fucking the cats are better. No, the uh, worst. Yeah, um, Emery and Oglethorpe, but. You know, um, please, please do continue watching the show and joining us. Thank you. Thank you for your time. 
again, uh, we really appreciate you being along for the ride. This is thank you. Thank you for joining us on the New Jersey pod. Yeah, thank this you. This is the pod about Jersey. It's pod about Jersey pod. culture. Jersey just about, got golden. Yeah, we're so gonna we're Garden gonna Garden State pod where we talk about New Jersey and also uh, the film Garden State, starring Zach Zach Braff and Peter uh, Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> we uh, she's zacking on my Braff until I Sarsgaard, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Do it.